start by saying your name. I don't think I should say my name. Can I remain nameless? You have to have a name. Susie with the S-U-Z-H-I. Yeah, Susie. S-U-Z-H-I. Great. Just give away that you're Canadian. Okay, Susie from Canada. Okay. How long ago? Um, this was when I was 23. So like a day ago. So you're just trying to get to know my age, but because you didn't tell me yours, I'm not telling you mine. I met Susie from Canada and her friends while we were all in Indonesia. And one night, we all went out to the beach and each had a turn sharing our stories. Susie's story took place in, well, that she also didn't want to reveal. But for the purpose of the story, you need to know that it's small and has a monarchy. So imagine that place in your mind and our... Are we going? Yeah. Let's go there. <laughs> I'm a really cool person. Yeah. Let's go there. Yeah, let's no, go there. No, no, no. Yes. <laughs> let's go there. How do we do it? <laughs> Welcome to the show. I'm Jay Russell Mickelson. Let's get to the story. I was 23 and I was teaching abroad. Susie taught for two years at an elementary school in a village outside the capital. And this country sees so little tourism that... I was the only foreigner in the village. After she'd been teaching... For maybe like three or four months. The local villagers invited her to participate in a race. So they were going to do this, this run for the king. What does that mean, a run for the king? Well, that's part of the story, see? So I didn't know what it was, oh, okay? okay? So okay. I had my instant coffee in the morning. <laughs> we go we go down like an hour and a half, and here's the run. I have no idea what to expect. Then I learn that it's a half marathon, <laughs> and I've never run a half marathon <laughs> in my life, <laughs> nor did I have breakfast or any form of, like, hydration. <laughs> so we, like, all start running together. I'm like, oh, this is really fun. And all all of the women that I'm with, they quit after like five minutes of running. There's like all these buses and taxis like driving yeah. along the road. And I see them waving to me while I'm running and they're in their taxis. I'm like, oh my God. Well, I'm like, well, like I have to finish something. Like if I've started something, I have to finish it. So like I keep running. I just need to have this like mental mindset. Like, okay, hey, keep going. Don't give up. You can do this. And she did keep going. On a stomach full of air and coffee, Susie finished the race. And I remember most of the locals didn't take this run seriously. It was simply a matter of participating for most of them. And therefore that put me in 10th place. So I got to go to this like awards ceremony and I was excited because it was going to be one of the princes of the country was going to be offering me the award. So I was like really stoked about meeting this prince. So I get up onto stage, they call my name and I, I bow to accept my award and it's this like big fat man giving me my award. I was like, this isn't even fair. Where's the prince? <laughs> right, so I'm like really disappointed. The fat man was not the prince. So fast forward a few months. Susie lives with a local woman. And she's having a friend come over for dinner. He comes over, they have a nice dinner, just the three of them. And I mentioned how I did this half marathon, but I was disappointed that I didn't meet the prince. And he goes, oh, well, I'm the prince's personal bodyguard. Like, 
I could arrange for you to meet the prince. <laughs> I'm like, seriously? Okay? A little reluctant and a little excited, Susie exchanges info with the bodyguard. We start messaging back and forth. He's asking me for my Facebook account. He wants to send a picture to the prince. I'm like, no, like that's not <laughs> happening. Like, I don't know why you want my picture. Then he messages me and he's like, okay, the prince wants to meet you because he wants to know which foreigner is challenging him to a cycling race. <laughs> I was like, I am not challenging the prince to a cycling race. I thought you said you really like cycling. I'm like, I like cycling, but I don't have a bike. I don't bike in this country. And I'm definitely not challenging the prince to a match of cycling. So after clearing up the miscommunications and a little more back and forth. We've like arranged for this day for me to meet the prince and like they're gonna have a bike for me, like we're gonna go cycling. So the day of the royal bike ride arrives. And there is like an escort service, like the security guard comes in his luxurious vehicle and all the villagers are staring like what is happening, who's coming to our town. My shorts on, my running shoes, my hair is in a ponytail. And the only sort of workout shirt she can scrounge up was from her housemate's brother. And it was a Beatles t-shirt that said, let it be. <laughs> so I like that. I wear this Let It Be t-shirt and I'm like right. ready for this race. So we drive like maybe two hours to go and meet the prince and we get out and I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Eventually the prince shows up at like 6 o'clock p.m. and he's wearing his like beautiful clothes, comes out of his escort vehicle and I'm like oh my god I'm meeting royalty so I'm like bowing down and like treating him with the utmost respect. Suddenly she realizes you're not wearing cycling clothes by any means. There's been a change of plans. The prince he's finished his cycling now we're just meeting. Without her knowledge the prince has arranged for them to go river rafting. The only people that can go rafting or boating in the country is the royal families. So this is a big honor just to go rafting. So I have to wear a life jacket. The prince obviously doesn't because he's like too cool. He has four security guards with life jackets and they're doing all the paddling. And he has his personal assistant with a wicker basket. He opens up his whisker, wicker basket and pours me a glass of red wine. And I am getting soaked by the waves. We're spinning around in circles because the security guards don't know how to raft. And I have a glass of red wine. You can't get red wine in the country. Like it's imported. It's so expensive. I'm like, this is surreal. So I'm talking to the prince, like small talk, what school did you go to? He's fluent in English, like really interesting. And Susie finds that she's really enjoying herself. So after they survive their white water and wine picnic, the prince takes her to his grandfather's palace. And there's this big bonfire arranged and there's like every single type of food and alcohol you could imagine. And I'm soaked so I'm just trying to like warm up by the fire. <laughs> and I'm just sitting and talking with the prince and we're talking about sports and I don't know, Olympic. They talk there for a while until the prince decides they should leave the grandfather's palace and he takes Susie to a hotel. When they're there, 
she discovers that. There's a room for me, a room for him. Like there's a room arranged for me. And the prince declares, "Let's change into something for dinner." I didn't bring anything. Like I'm wearing shorts and my Let It Be t-shirt. Like, I didn't bring anything to change into. But he disappears into his room. And a few minutes later, he comes out with another nice outfit. I'm still like wet and wearing the same clothes. But they have a nice fancy dinner regardless. Her in her Let It Be T-shirt, him in his royal attire. And I'm like talking to him, asking him if he like wants to be, if he's like jealous of his brother for being king. I don't know, just like small talk. Then after that, we went swimming with with all of his security guards, and it's the only swimming pool in the whole country. A lot of them can't swim. I'm teaching them how to do handstands, and they all go like in their underwear. Well, I'm the only girl, so like I'm still in my Let It Be T-shirt and shorts. <laughs> after swimming, she and the prince and all the bodyguards go back to the the prince's room after, but it was a luxury. Sweet. Together they enjoy a few drinks and talking and getting like a little tipsy. And then his security guards left, and she starts feeling a bit awkward and overwhelmed because remember, I don't have a toothbrush or like pajamas or anything. Like I didn't know this was happening. I thought it was going for a cycling race. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I guess it's high time that I leave as well. So we like hugged for me to leave, and then he like goes in for a kiss. So then we like started making out, things went to the bedroom, and all of a sudden I'm like royalty. <laughs> and in the morning his assistant comes in and I'm like in the bed and he assistant doesn't even like blink an eye and he like starts telling the prince like his schedule for the day. I'm like I'm so uncomfortable right now, like so awkward. So the prince leaves to go about his day. And I called my housemate. I'm like, I don't know where I am right now. Like, you need to pick me up, but I don't know where I am. She's like, you didn't come home last night. I'm like, I know, I don't know where I am. I'm like, I'm at a hotel with a swimming pool. She's like, I know where you are. Stay right there. <laughs> the swimming pool. Yeah, the I got swimming it. Pool. Because it's the only swimming pool in the area, possibly in the whole country. So we go to her mom's place and we stay there that night because it was closer. And at 11 p.m., the bodyguard who initially set up the date texts her saying, Come to the gates, I need to see you. She texts back, No, like that's really awkward. Like I'm staying with my friend's mom. She won't understand. Everyone's sleeping. But he like kept insisting. And eventually she relents. Okay, fine. So I go and meet him at the gate and he like takes me in his car. And they drive around the town aimlessly for over half an hour until finally he says, Do you trust me? I'm like, yeah, sure. He's like, are we friends? I'm like, yeah. He's like, will you tell me anything? I'm like, well, I don't know. It depends on what it is. Well, I saw you this morning and I, I saw you come out of the prince's room. I think I know what happened. I was like, you can't assume anything. Don't put that on me. <laughs> And, and then he like, he shows me the morning after pill. He tells her. You need to take this. I don't need to take anything. What are you implying? What are you implying that I did? And he puts on a commanding tone and tells her. I know and my sole responsibility is to look after the prince and make sure that nothing happens. So you need to take this right now. And he waits and watches her swallow the pill. Afterwards, he drives Susie back to her friend's home and leaves. He didn't contact her again. Susie and the prince had made plans to spend more time together the next day, 
but they never met. She did, however, run into him a few times in town, and... But I, like, ducked my head and told my friend to keep driving. I was like, I'm so embarrassed. But mostly, Susie has good memories of that night. I was like a princess for a day, and I, I don't need that to happen again, but it's, yeah, so that's my story. Thank you, Susie, for sharing that story. Susie's currently teaching English to elementary school kids in a new country. Yeah, Let's Go There is produced by me, J. Russell Mickelson. You can download every episode of the show on yeahletsgothere.com. You can subscribe on iTunes and now also on Stitcher. Download the Stitcher app on your smartphone and please leave comments and reviews on both iTunes and Stitcher to help spread the word. And uh, while you're at it, you could leave a link to an episode on your Facebook wall or tweet a link to the show. We'd appreciate it. The music you're hearing right now is called Delzo Spells by We Are The Wombat. You can find a link to that band on our website as well, or you can find them on Bandcamp or Facebook. You can also find me on Facebook as J. Russell Mickelson and Twitter as J.R. Mickelson. Yeah, let's go there. You should come too.